Have you ever had somebody leave a negative review for you or say something negative online about you or your company? If so, this is the show for you. On today's podcast, I have Kirby Holmes from K9 Masks, and he talks about how the negative perception of his product was brought on by the coronavirus. You don't want to miss this. It is great. Check it out. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Kirby. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, so so you're in Austin, Texas, right? That is right. We love it. Live music capital of the world. Sorry, Nashville. <laughs> I had a, a friend of mine that was in Nashville last weekend, and and he hadn't been down there for for a while, and he's like, "Oh my goodness, has this place changed? Like things that got have gotten trendy in Nashville, so now things are moving on to Austin, I guess, huh?" Yeah, we like to think we were sort of the original. When you think of Austin City Limits and the, the PBS show that, that, that broadcasts some of the best artists, musicians, uh, they have been doing it for the last 30, 35 years. And all of that is in um, Austin. And the heartbeat of our city has been around live music and the artists who come and, and perform and, and the community that comes and rallies around them. We just feel like we are the true live music capital of the world <laughs> in a much diverse way than Nashville. Uh, well, hopefully no one from Tennessee is listening, or if they are, you know, they, they can just skip to the next episode. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so your, uh, your company is Canine Masks, which was, I got to tell you, I watched your episode and I'm like, I have two big dogs and I'm like, mm-hmm. I would love to see my dogs with these masks on. Um, but you, you, you showed a couple like big dogs with these on and, and, um, well, tell us, first of all, tell us a little bit about it because, you know, a mask on a dog, uh, you know, if somebody didn't see your episode has to seem like mm-hmm. a strange, a bit of a strange, um, concept, but you do a much better job yeah, right. of explaining it than I possibly can. No, I think it is a confusing idea <laughs> to put a mask on a dog, especially in the time we're living in where there's like, uh, masking for a pandemic and then you have anti-maskers for the pandemic and is this all about the pandemic or not and why put a mask on anybody so there's sort of this a weird timing of our business um but, but let me tell you the story of how we got to where we are and even the concept of would a dog wear an air filter mask and why would one want to wear an air filter mask could it benefit a dog so this started back in um 2017 it's the idea for the business mm-hmm. um, but the story in my life starts way before that i was i grew up in texas but i would travel out to my grandparents house in southern california um, they lived in a little city called ojai which is just north of the la area and ojai is um, kind of the first city right um, just south of a national forest the big national forest there and even as a kid i'd spend my summers um, with them And my grandparents had a pool out on the back deck and they had a a black lab named Sugar that would be out there with us. My brother and I, we'd be out there, we'd be swimming, we'd be um, eating outside because the beautiful weather in Southern California, um, you know, Sugar would be out there with us enjoying uh, the summer days. But my grandparents would tell us of the wildfires that would come up over the hills that are in their neighborhood, right behind their neighborhood out of that national forest and just terrifying blazes that firefighters would have to rush to put out the fires to try to save and protect their neighborhood and you know property damage and personal Mm -hmm. damage and loss of life and so as a kid i was just always terrified of the idea that these fires would uh, consume my grandparents and their property and their dog sugar and um 
so that was kind of childhood memories. Didn't think much of it until 2017 when the, the campfire in California burned down the whole city of paradise and a hundred people lost their life and mm -hmm. the entire city was destroyed. And it was during those same wildfires in Northern California that I remember watching a San Francisco Giants baseball game on TV. And there was so much wildfire smoke in San Francisco that uh, during the game, you could see the fans sitting in the stands wearing air filter masks to protect themselves from the wildfire smoke. And as I just thought about the devastation, I thought about people and their need to be protected from this wildfire smoke because it contains so many toxins and um, things that are difficult for respiratory and cardiovascular health. I just began to think about my childhood with my, my grandparents and their dog, Sugar. And as much as people are protected from smoke, are dogs being protected from smoke? And is that a reasonable thing to say, okay, with the increase in wildfires, and if you attribute it to climate change or not, um, there does seem to be, and it's been true now, 2018, 19, uh, over the last five years, tremendous increase in wildfires in Northern California, even up through Washington, Oregon, and, and Western Canada. Mm -hmm. um, something's changing. And so I just took my love for dogs. Um, I took my experience from my childhood and this idea that people are starting to have to protect themselves in that part of the world from wildfire smoke. Would a dog need the same kind of protection? So that's kind of where the culmination of my life story and this product idea of solving a problem came together. And I, I think through that, and, and I've seen pictures from the wildfires and, and, uh, I know that this sounds so crazy, but you know, I, I watch the watch the footage and you see the devastation that happens. But you know, the ones, mm -hmm. the pictures and stuff that really get me are the the domesticated pets that are like they're, mm -hmm. you know they'll, they'll show the 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 burned down house and and the fires yeah. and all that stuff. And then there's the dog standing in the middle of the road, like not has no idea what happened, has no idea where its owners went, you know, all those types of things. And and as a pet owner myself, you're like, my goodness, that would be mm -hmm. devastating. Let alone my pet gets injured by something like that. So I, I think it's a genius idea. I, I really do. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you yeah. do too. But that's why you <laughs> went down this path. No, I think those kinds of images and those stories that are being told of you know families losing track of their pet and their pet you know surviving the wildfire or returning to the home or, or getting to a shelter, um, being picked up and being turned into an animal shelter. Uh, that all those stories began to be told and those images began to be shared. And, and I think that's what resonated the most with me that I wonder if there's a solution for an increasing problem, which is wildfires. And uh, knowing that because of the toxicity of much of that smoke, because it's not just vegetation burning, it's buildings and it's rubber and it's tire and it's plastics and mm -hmm. um, you know gasoline and all this other, it, it's, those massive wildfires are burning so much that the levels of toxicity are so high but we got to keep track of that. And because dogs have to go outside and go for walks several times a day, you know, they're not a cat where you can just right. you know, stay inside all day. Um, they have to go outside. And, and if you can look at some of the pictures or watch footage of some of the ash, the amount of ash that's in the air, every breath you took in some of those situations, um, you'd be breathing in physical debris of ash into your mouth and lungs. And so just quite simply, can you protect a pet from air pollution in that environment? If we just said, let's try to solve that problem. And uh, I'm not much of a designer, but my cousin, Evan, he is. And so I proposed to him, I said, hey, Evan, look, you've got 3D printers and you've got lathes and you've got all kinds of stuff in your garage that you tinker with and toy with. And um, what if we together tried to build a prototype of a face mask to put on a dog to protect it from wildfire smoke? And he agreed that'd be a fun project. He's like, surely this exists. And I said, but Evan, I've done everything I can do to find this product. 
and I have not found it anywhere globally in my searches. And, um, but it seems like there's a real need. And so he began working on prototype solutions for us. Mm -hmm. um, I built out a website uh, to say, I wonder if this is a product that people would be interested in. And so I put together a website around an air filter mask for dogs and see if we could get any hits because nobody was directly marketing or had done any search engine optimization for that search term of air filter mask for dogs. And so our website immediately was number one ranked for that search term, air filter for dogs or wildfire <laughs> smoke for dogs. And so we immediately started generating interest in our product, even as we're just putting pictures of prototypes and starting to write you know, blog posts around air pollution and pets and the impact. And we pretty soon gathered a, a list of a thousand email addresses from people that were interested in a product if we could find a way to create it. You know, it's really interesting that that the way that you guys went about this, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs start off with, I think this is a great idea. So I'm going to spend a lot of time and effort and money and all those types of things without actually doing some some general or like some realistic market research. I mean, and, mm -hmm. and you have the most organic, that's very organic market research, right? Am I getting yeah. hits on a website based off of this? Uh, and, and in this day of a and age, that's not a terribly expensive way of doing market research, right? I mean, it's you build a general uh -huh. website, you write some blogs, um, do a little SEO. I mean, you're talking about even if you had to pay somebody to do it, a couple thousand dollars. Um, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, our initial investment into our business was $7,000 out of uh, our pockets. But we, we pretty quickly said, well, you know what, we think we have a workable prototype that would help protect the dog. Um, why don't we do a crowdsourcing campaign and see if these thousand people have enough interest in saying, well, let's fund the first run of your product. And so that's what we did. We started a Kickstarter campaign. Um, we put up what it is we want to create and why we want to create it. We want to help protect the health and safety of animals in these wildfire crises and um, sure enough, out of that list of a thousand people and, and maybe others that found us on the platform, they fully funded a $10,000 campaign within those 30 days. And that gave us some confidence of going, okay, we'll put in some investment, but we're going to ask this community to join us. Mm -hmm. And enough people love their pets enough to say, yes, we want to protect them in these crisis situations. And they joined us. And that's how we had the launch of our first production. You know what I think that the the a lot of the sharks missed out on is how much people are willing to spend on their pets. Like that, that's, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, yeah. you're in this industry now, right? So this is, you're aware of that. But my family will spend stupid money on our two dogs that like everything mm -hmm. from Halloween, we don't do Halloween costumes, but you see the Halloween costumes, yeah. you know, through booties to make sure that the, the right. I mean, and, and now masks to make sure that they're healthy. I mean, it is a mm -hmm. huge market. It, it really is. So- yeah, and I think one of the things that, you know, we've gotten a lot of pushback from um, dog lovers who say, well, look, there's special unique features of a dog that are not human-like that you need to take into account. Um, they they kind of saw our product as a money grab, like you're going to use fear to sell a product, but because a dog really needs to be able to pant to cool themselves. That's their one mechanism for cooling themselves is mm -hmm. panting. And if you put a mask on them and you cover up their ability to pant, you're going to be killing dogs and you don't care about people or pets. You just care about making money. And so pretty quickly, we realized that there was some pushback to our product. It's not a, a simple, just plug and play product. There are some warnings and some safety concerns around animal health that we had to, to consider. And so I went down to Texas A&M University to 
you know, meet with one of their professors in the small animal sciences department who specializes in canine and canine health to say, okay, let's talk about the needs of a dog, a product like ours that we think can do some good, but what are the, the warnings and the safety concerns and limitations of a product like ours? And, and we were glad to have feedback around right. safety because the whole purpose of our product is to keep dogs healthy and safe and living longer. Um, and so we had a great conversation and, and, and that led us to another professor at University of Missouri um, who's a leading respiratory specialist for canine, for canines. And, and so it's been, a, it's been great to go, I think, to say, okay, I think we created a product that, that is good and does help a dog. Let's get some specialists to give, give us some inputs. And although we can't do a full efficacy study, it would take 15 years, we can do some, some smaller studies um, that would help us to go, okay, what's the amount of time a dog can wear this mask and have it be safe for the dog? Uh, also be effective for um, filtering out air in a crisis when they're just going on a short walk. And they might go on that walk three times today, but the smoke's gonna be here for a week. So they're gonna be walking in this smoke for the next week, three times a day. Uh, you know, they're going to be out there 20, 25 times a day. Will this dog help them protect uh, their cardiovascular and respiratory health? And the answer right now is yes, it will. And those professors gave feedback saying, you know, we, we believe it would be helpful, but we can't give you conclusive evidence until you do a full scientific efficacy study, right. which is what they're trained to do as scientists. So I've, I accept that um, reality. Um, but the goal is pet health, and we felt like we could accomplish that. And we felt like we're answering, you know, any criticism around warning or safety, which we appreciate because people love their pets. They consider them children and their family. <laughs> and, uh, and we appreciate the, the, the feedback from customers going, is this going to be safe? And, you know, the answer is yes, as you use our um, warnings for the product, absolutely it's safe. Yeah. So essentially you don't want to take your dog on a 10 mile jog with the mask on, No. but walking Not around, keeping it safe around the block as you're going, you know, mm -hmm. giving it a little bit of exercise as you're you know, yep. going to the bathroom. Well, this is the right thing to do. Yep. So yep. you guys had to have some challenges here. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because, you know, masks are out there that, you know, the tech, the technology's out there for, for air filtration, um, you yep. know, getting, you know, getting that onto a head, that technology's out there, but you had this interesting challenge of, I got to get an animal that has no idea what I'm doing to it to try to wear mm -hmm. this thing. Um, how, how did that go? Like the first one you like got on, you know, snapped onto one of your dogs. I have to imagine they, uh, you know, you probably didn't have a lot of the design stuff figured out. Like what, what sort of stumbling blocks did you come across with that? Yeah. I mean, I think that if you just jump right in and say, okay, my dog, her name is Sabaka. Uh, she's a Boceron or a French shepherd. Uh, the first time I just tried to, to secure it to her muzzle, you know, she was not happy about it. <laughs> Um, she thought this is awkward. This is weird. This does not feel comfortable. I don't like this, which is a lot of our human response to having to put on masks for the last two years. Mm -hmm. It's not particularly comfortable. It's not particularly desirable. Um, it's not what we want for ourselves, but we just know it can um, help us in terms of preventing disease. And so we understand that. Now, uh, what encouraged us in the process of designing this product was that muzzles have been used in the dog community for, for many decades. They've, dogs have been trained to wear muzzles. Um, there is a process to acclimate a dog to wear a muzzle. Mm -hmm. And so we know that that's already true. And um, muzzles have been sort of widely accepted as something you can train your dog to wear. Now, not everybody is pro-muzzle. Um, there's some anti-muzzle, but uh, it's something that a dog can do. So that encouraged us. 
uh, we just began to learn techniques that uh, if you put a treat in the bottom of our a canine mask, you know, here's, here's an example of what uh, a mask for a dog would look like, but it's actually just a little treat um, container. If you drop a treat down in the bottom side of the mask, uh, a dog will happily stick its face in there to get a treat out. <laughs> and so that's just part of the training is to go, this is a, a treat factory, you know, it's a little vending machine for treats. Go ahead and put your face in there and you can use some training techniques to get a dog familiar with it. That's a, uh... That's great. And I guess I didn't put the, the, the muzzle thing together because, um, but I, I, that's really what you're doing. It's a filtered muzzle, I guess, is, is a yes. great way of describing it. Wow. So, yep. so you guys do your Kickstarter. You, you, uh -huh. you, you've done your design work. You've done your prototypes. You, now it's a, it's a real product and you start, you shipped, I assume, to, to your, your, you have $10,000 worth of orders. You shipped out to those people and mm -hmm. things went well, I assume. Yeah, we fulfilled those pledges for our Kickstarter campaign and, um, you know, immediately started getting some feedback about the design and the product and features that were working or weren't working, which is so helpful to have a community, you know, believe in the product and the idea because they love their pets and want to protect them uh, from wildfire smoke. I mean, many of them were from the West Coast uh, and, and they gave us good feedback about the product and we made a few feature uh, design changes along the way based on that feedback, uh, but allowed us to have a grand opening and which was important because there were you know, new wildfires that were beginning that fall in California. And so, uh, and then pretty quickly after that, there were Australian brush fires that, you know, it's our winter mm -hmm. time, but down in Australia, it's their summertime and they have big wildfires and brush fires there that were, you know, blanketing all of Sydney and, and major urban population areas in Australia with smoke and people were searching and finding our product. Um, and not too long after that, there were riots in Tokyo and uh, police were using tear gas to try to stop the riots. And there are many condominium dwellers in downtown Tokyo and people were taking, trying to take their pets out for walks. And they're like, is there something I could do to protect my dog from this tear gas? And they were ordering masks. Uh, and then you know, comes to find out that there were people that live on the coast of Florida who often experience red tide, which is this algae bloom that, right. that creates a bacteria that kills off fish and washes up on the beach. And then they've got these fish with this bacteria that you know, because of the coastal winds, it picks up this bacteria off the fish and off these algae blooms and blows it into the cities. And so they're saying, we need to protect our dogs. We walk them on the coast to protect them from this brevotoxin that uh, is a result of red tide. And so we were surprised that we created a product for one specific reason, wildfire smoke. But then we we're starting to hear from different pockets around the world of, hey, we have a need to protect our, our dog from various elements, not just smoke, but, you know, tear gas and red tide and um, even in the Southwest, they have what's called cedar uh, or a valley fever, which is a, a, a bacteria that grows in the desert after the spring rains huh. come, but then it dries out and then the winds blow the dust and the bacteria is in the dust as it gets blown into urban areas and people get sick and dogs get sick. So we just discover, wow, there are lots of reasons why people want to protect their pet beyond just wildfire smoke. And, and so, so you go, you guys... Uh, start picking up some steam, right? You do a couple yeah, hundred thousand yeah. dollars in making, sales. Yeah. We start creating revenue within that the first six months of our grand opening for all these reasons. Yeah. And and so then Shark Tank happens, right? Um, yeah. So Shark Tank notices um, through our Kickstarter a unique uh, a unique product, and it was this is kind of you know for them. I don't exactly know if they knew about the coronavirus pandemic. Um, it might have been sort of pre-pandemic when they saw this idea or innovation. Um, 
And uh, they asked if we'd consider applying to be on the show. And so this is, I think, maybe in um, March or April of uh, what would have been, it would have been 2020, mm -hmm. I think it would have been, that um, they asked us to apply. And we did. We thought, we'd always thought, as we, as we shared with family and friends, the idea of this you know, dog air filter mask, our friends and family said, this is a great idea. I've never heard anything like it, but it makes total sense that people would want to protect their pets. So you guys should do this on Shark Tank. So you we should, heard that all the you time. Should go on Shark Tank. You should go on <laughs> you Shark should go Tank. On Every Shark entrepreneur, Tank. Yep. go on Shark Tank. You know? And so Evan and I, we said, you know, we would love to, but if you don't have revenue, you don't want to go on Shark Tank. That's, that's the one first rule. <laughs> right. Don't show up with an idea with no revenue because you'll just get hammered. Uh, so we said, well, let's try to generate revenue and see what happens. And uh, as we were kind of going through the application process and getting feedback from uh, the Shark Tank folks, you know, they were continually interested in us being on the show. And we were, um, you know, in fear watching, do we have revenue? Do we have enough revenue? Do we have enough revenue? And, and you know, um, thankfully, um, we did. Now, we did not create this for the coronavirus pandemic, but that gave us a big hit of revenue as we were dialoguing with the Shark Tank people about being on the show. And it was the coronavirus revenue that people were freaked out. Like, oh my gosh, if people can get sick, is my pet going to get sick? And so we had a huge month of, of revenue based on people scared for their pet that they're going to get this virus and it's going to affect their dog and their dog's going to die. And so we're, although we were thankful for the revenue, we actually didn't like why right. people were buying our product. We don't want dogs to die in mass because of a virus. Now, pretty quickly, um, you know, the CDC, others that were studying the infection rates of pets and animals and dogs were saying it's, it's very minimal um, infection rates among uh, pets and animals, which was good news for us because we want dogs to be healthy. Um, but that revenue bump was actually very good for us heading into Shark Tank knowing, okay, wow, we have a story to tell, not just an idea <laughs> that's creating revenue. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. The, the story to tell, uh, anybody that is considering not just a show, but pitching in front of any VCs or anything like that, mm -hmm. the story that you tell is almost or even more important sometimes than the data that's that sits on the page. You, you, you mm -hmm. want to tell the right story. And, and that's, uh, yeah. uh, to, to your point, revenue is a big part of that. That is a huge chapter in that story that you need to be yeah. able to, to yeah. talk about. So, right. so you go on the show and, um, I, I loved your pitch. Um, you know, it, it was funny, uh, you, you know, and, and again, we watched the edited version, right? I get to see the edited yeah. version, you know, I'm sure you were in there for much longer than the 12 or 13 minutes. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, one of the comments that, uh, they made as you were leaving and stuff was like, Oh, the dogs look miserable. And then they showed some pictures of the dogs and the dogs with the mask. And, and you think like, of course, a dog it does looks unhappy. Number one, there's no expression in a dog, you know, that's a, that's above yeah. the eyes. But um, I, I um, but anyway, yeah, it's just a picture. Were well, those, were those your that, dogs? Point. Yeah. I don't want to wear a mask. I know. Mask. And my dog doesn't want to wear a mask. So if you're saying they don't look happy, well, of course not. That, that the point is not happiness. You right. know, it is. Is this going to protect me? in a toxic uh, pollution event that I'm breathing in filtered air. That, to me, that is the actual response that we need to have. Um, I, but I understand the point. Yeah, I, I do too. And of course, they're, they're there to make good TV and, and stuff sure, like that. But, sure, of course. Of so, course. So, so you go through, you do your pitch. Um, you know, every, everything, 
you know, kind of a mixed bag of, of reactions. I, I know that you had some really great um, feedback. You know, Lori mm-hmm. was said something about, you know, how happy she, she was that you had created this and, and, and things like that. Um, and, and you end up getting a deal. And even Mark Cuban, Mark yep. Cuban said, it's a brilliant idea. Yep. And so when Mark Cuban looks at you and looks at the product you've created and goes, you, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. I feel good about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, honestly, um, I think Mr. Wonderful was really the only one that was kind of, and he poo-poos everything, you know what I mean? So, um, mm-hmm. but, um, but you ended up getting a, you ended up getting a deal with, with Damon, mm-hmm. which was congratulations, yeah. by the way. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and uh, Damon seems to be, I, I've seen a lot of episodes where he does animal stuff. I know he like raises mm-hmm. chickens and stuff like that. So, um, you know, yeah. probably of, of any of them that probably spoke to him the most, because like I said, he does a lot of animal things. But, uh, yeah, we expected that uh, Damon would probably be the shark most interested because of previous episodes where he has, um, you know, been more excited about pet products or uh-huh. had invested in in companies that were doing pet products. We knew that he would had been on the board or was on the board of the the Petco Foundation that cares about um, animal shelters and making sure they're they're funded. And so we thought, you know, he might have the most sympathy for our product and the idea of pet health. So we kind of went in going, I wonder if Damon's going to be the shark that jumps on this with us. So, so as they're like going down and they're like, you know, oh, that one's out, that one's out. And you're like, are you guys like <laughs> thinking like, at least Damon's still in, at least he's still yeah. in. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, I mean, thankfully we thought that he would be a good potential shark for us to invest and work together. So we had it that that was a good, but, but by having all the other sharks drop out first, it didn't give us much leverage in negotiation when. He's standing there going, hey, I'll make you a deal, but I'm the only one, so I can walk away pretty easy. Uh, it did not, did not help us in our negotiations. Yeah. <laughs> so how was, the, uh, how was the day of the, the viewing uh, party? Did you, did you guys get uh, a lot of website traffic? Um, I have to imagine that with everything that's going on, that you, that you guys probably just saw a ton of orders that day. Uh, I think it was interesting. I think it hit that critical time where the, the anti-mask um, – voice within America was starting to grow and get louder. And although I think people saw the value or the benefit of our product when it came to wildfire smoke, I think people's initial reaction when they saw our segment on Shark Tank was, wait a minute, they're just trying to take advantage of the coronavirus and they should mask dogs. I don't even think that's a thing. I think people had this weird association with our product that was related to the pandemic. And and rightly so, that's the biggest thing going on in everybody's life. Um, But we, we, we did get negative feedback around that now did we make sales yes do we make we made sales did people find, say oh my gosh i would live through these wildfires on the west coast and i've suffered and my dog has suffered and you guys have solved this for me so we we got orders and we got feedback from customers um that night which was it's just thrilling uh as as an entrepreneur um now i think honestly our expectations we would do more business um that night as a result of our episode so we we were a little stuck on um you know, why didn't we get greater feedback? Why didn't we get more positive feedback in terms of revenue and sales mm-hmm. as a result of our episode? Um, not to say that we didn't have some. We're, we're grateful for those that took advantage of the opportunity to be informed about what a canine mask can do for their pet. But uh, we're surprised that not as many. And, you know, obviously, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I think there might have been that sort of pandemic moment of taking advantage yeah. of people by them living in fear and then trying to sell it to them for a profit. Which, which isn't our heart uh, as a company or even the reason we exist. But I think maybe that played into it. Yeah, you just just, just 
kind of the wrong timing, which, um, but again, mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily negate what's going to happen in the future. I mean, just because I sure. mean, now your product's out there, you know, and it, it's, and, and yeah. so once people get over the mask stuff and then they go, oh, this was a brilliant idea. I, I, there is yeah. a wildfire. I do have this smog or whatever else I'm dealing with. And mm -hmm. I'd really like my dog not to have to deal with that. Um, so how do you deal with, uh, let me ask you a question. And, and again, this is, I, I don't even know if uh, at this point, this is just us dealing um, Shark Tank entrepreneur to Shark Tank entrepreneur because we had this limelight sh shown on us. How do you deal with the negative stuff, man? I, I have to tell you, because this was just like you, this is birthed in a garage, you know, with my product. Uh -huh. And you right. go on Shark Tank and you're like, you know, got a deal. Like, hey, somebody famous thinks that this is a great idea. You go through all this stuff. And then there's like the haters that just come out of the woodwork for no reason. And um, my wife's like, don't look at it. Just don't look at it. Don't read them. I'm like, how can I not? Like, I'm, I'm trending on Reddit. Like, come on. Sure. <laughs> but how, how yeah. did you, uh, like, how did you and your, 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 um, your family and partner, like, did you not read them or did you, like, throw darts at them? What, what, how do you deal with it? No, I mean, I, I, I do read them because they're all mixed in. The good and the bad are all mixed in together <laughs> on your social media channels, you know, and, and you're getting emails and so it's kind of mixed in there. So you, I, I see it and um, help help manage and communicate through all of our you know social media channels and website and email and um, so the one I appreciate feedback right because I do I did hear a lot of um, pet owners or dog trainers or dog groomers or you know military police tactic tactic you know tactical mm -hmm. dogs um, search and rescue dogs people who work with dogs all the time you know they sent feedback um, concerned about covering dog's mouth and had we considered the safety needs so when I, that, that, that to me is not negative it was just more feedback like are you guys really considering the health right. uh, potential for your product but also the health consequences if something goes wrong and so i appreciate that feedback i don't see that as negative now where i easily saw the negative criticism was oh you're just trying to take advantage of this pandemic crisis and you 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 know you're just trying to make a dollar on the pandemic um but since i know that's not our heart and that's not our intention and it's not how we built our product and, and, and in the future, we're going to have success because the pandemic will go away. Um, it, it, it was um, hurtful that our, our country is in that conversation. Right. Uh, and I get frustrated about kind of where we are, the civic culture, um, but about our product or our company, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm committed to our cause and, and that, that wasn't our purpose was profit, profit, profit. It was how do we create a great product that solves a problem that many people are experiencing and, and it appears we'll continue to experience a greater uh, volume in the future. So, you know, yeah, of course, um, I would rather hear people just say, we love your product. We're going to buy it. And the tens and hundreds and thousands, you know, ship me boxes. I would, I would, I prefer that. Um, but I also appreciate people slowing down and, and giving positive uh, feedback to make sure we're doing this right and well. Um, so that was great. Yeah. So what's next for, uh, what, what's next for, for you guys and canine masks? Um, I know on the show you had mentioned some, some possibly other animals that you guys were, were, mm -hmm. were looking at, although cats seem to be, uh, a challenge. <laughs> Apparently I, I can't imagine. I grew up having cats. I can't imagine trying to get a mask uh -huh. on a cat, but what, what's next? No, I don't, I don't think a, a mask on the cat is not the future. <laughs> There's their whiskers are far too important and uh, they're far too finicky. So we don't feel a solution that we do feel like we have a solution idea for cats but it, it's not about putting something on their face i mean like we said they can live indoors for two three four days they can live in, indoors for a month with, right um and, and be fine but the greater concern of people have uh, said if we could provide a solution for horses who actually live outside live in barns 
um, they don't have the opportunity to be in a sealed um, environment, like a house where you can shut all the windows and doors um, and keep smoke out. They actually live outside. And if it's a, a thoroughbred, a racing horse or a working horse um, that's in that environment, they're going to breathe a lot of that wildfire smoke for weeks and weeks, oftentimes. And um, so, you know, we've heard from many folks about a need to protect their horse from air pollution. And um, so we kick around ideas and we've met with an equine vet to talk about the specific um, needs of a horse. What will they tolerate and not tolerate? What can they put, what can we put on their face and not? I mean, obviously they wear bits and bridles and blinders and all kinds of things on their face. So they right. can tolerate quite a bit. Um, but what is the unique feature of something that would filter air for them? So we're in that discussion. We think that's a great product line that could uh, exist in the future that aligns very well with what we're doing. And uh, we've had, uh, you know, in terms of just market research, people are telling us, please help me protect my, my animal. You know, people will spend $50,000, a quarter million dollars on a horse and to have one wildfire come and for two or three weeks, if they're breathing in that toxic smoke and have it then all of a sudden be reduced in its physical capacity by 10%, 20%, that's, that's not good for that, that horse owner. Right. Um, and the future productivity of the life of that horse and whatever it's doing in service. So we've considered that as a product line that we think could be very beneficial to people. Are you guys looking at uh, getting into some, some retail? Um, um, we, we feel like, you know, like we talked about on our Shark Tank episode, you know, we're not probably optimized in terms of pricing because we're doing all of our manufacturing in the U.S. Um, our masks are made right in Dallas, Texas. And we, we love that we're made local. Mm -hmm. We love that we're made in the USA. Um, you know, our pricing in terms of manufacturing is probably higher than what I could get done, you know, overseas, uh, which means our retail pricing is higher. But uh, we need to solve that so by, you know, continuing to um, have competition even within manufacturers in the USA uh, to lower some pricing for us to be able to scale through retail. Mm -hmm. um, we feel like it's a, it's a just-in-time product where people might not buy it ahead of time, but as soon as a wildfire is headed to their city or town, they would go buy it immediately. And so we feel like a retail purchase would be important to just run down the store and get it. You know, we, we sell about 80% of our sales on our website, about 20% on Amazon. People use Amazon Prime as a way to get things fast, right. you know, one or two days. Uh, and that, that does satisfy a lot of people's demand is one or two days. But um, yeah, a lot of our orders during wildfire season are next day air, you know, priority air express. It's just something they need it right now. And uh, we talk about it. It's like a fire extinguisher. You know, you don't hope to have a fire in your kitchen anytime soon but when you do have it you want a fire extinguisher right under the sink in the kitchen to put it out immediately and so we do feel like retail would be good to be able to get it with in reach of people about to be in a crisis when they see it coming yeah i can i can definitely see that where uh, to your point i i need it i can go down to the local pet store or you know mm -hmm. uh you know farm supply house or something like that and, and pick one up um mm -hmm. yeah well Hey, I, uh, I, I wish you guys all the luck. I, um, Thanks. I, I think you guys are doing, you know, great things and I hope that it, it really explodes for you. Uh, so tell us how, um, so you said Amazon, so they can look for canine masks on Amazon and they also, what's your website? Yeah, our website is caninemask.com. So it's the letter K number nine and mask.com. Uh, come find us. You'll, you'll see a, a, a few products that's are made for air filtering, um, smoke for dogs. They are only made in Asia. 
They are not effective. They will give you emotional support that you're going to do something for your dog, but they are, will not actually filter air for your dog. There's no way to secure um, our competitors' air filter mask for dogs onto the actual snout of the dog and filter air. Ours is the only one that effectively will do that. Um, so if you, if you start to search and look, you will find competition to ours, um, but you'll find that our product is built for actual effectiveness, not emotional satisfaction that this looks like it's going to help my dog. Uh, so look for us. We're made in the USA. Um, we have done all the research to make sure this is safe for your pet. And we want you to keep you know, the most important member of your family for many of you, uh, where you get the most joy out of the athleticism of your dog and the most emotional snuggles and support from your dog. Uh, for many people in a sort of anxiety and fear-ridden age, you know, they just really do need their pet to love and comfort them. And so we want to help make sure you uh, have a product that will support your dog living for a very long time. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, for being on the show. I, uh, I got so much out of this. I, I'm, I'm really excited for all the listeners that, that are listening. And, and if you do have a dog and you're in one of those situations, go get a canine mask, take care of your, take care yeah. of your pet. Um, I don't care if it's, you know, what the price tag is, go take care of your dog. They, they take care of you. You, you should be uh, doing everything that you can to, to make sure that they're healthy, just like you would for any other member of the family. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a, have a great one and good luck with everything in the future. Thanks so much. Loved it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Lessons from the Tank. If you got value from today's podcast, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you're notified when a new episode is posted. If you'd like to support our podcast, we encourage you to review it and share it with a friend. Thank you. And we'll see you on the next episode.